This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice Media. As always, I'm your host, Matty Ice, and I want to wish everybody a happy St. Patrick's Day. Even if you're not Irish, I think the um, idea of St. Patrick's Day, the idea of, um, you know, having a drink or two and singing some songs, um, I think everybody can kind of get behind that, right? It makes everybody happy. Uh, There are a few holidays in our calendar that are similar to this, um, that other people, I think, take part in, but in maybe some way we're not necessarily necessarily celebrating the right ideals. St. Patrick's Day is one of them. I think Cinco de Mayo, which is really like a fake holiday, is another one. Uh, my mom uncomfortably called it Margarita Day the other day, and I was like, you know, we that's we really shouldn't be doing that because you're sort of, you know, it's like cultural appropriation, so to speak. If you don't know why it is you're celebrating something, then maybe don't celebrate it. Sure, you can have a margarita on that day, but maybe don't uh, call it something that you're not sure what it is, right? Like maybe just, um, you know, have a, have a margarita, pretend that you're on a beach somewhere and kind of move on. But the idea of perspective came up for me when I thought about this. Um, the other day, well, maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how, um, you know, our perspectives are changed by our upbringing or our, you know, our, the life around us. And I, it got me to thinking because I've had some interactions recently that really have made me wonder if, or how my perspectives have changed over the years. So I have some people in my life um, that have perspectives that I'm not necessarily surprised at. And I wanna give a few examples before I I go into that. So to go back, what, like seven years, maybe, I think, uh, there was that scandal at the Today Show where Matt Lauer uh, was sort of exposed for being, uh, for lack of a better term, excuse my language, a shitbag. Um, the way that he had treated women, the sort of network that he had set up to empower him to make women uncomfortable, to put them in places in which they felt helpless and scared. Um, That went on in in the NBC studios for many, many years until somebody finally felt strong enough to say something. And I remember uh, somebody who I care about very deeply saying, uh, I miss Matt Lauer on the Today Show. And I remember stopping what I was doing and turning around and being like, let's discuss that. Because you don't miss Matt Lauer himself. Like, I I don't think you or anybody else saying that would think, oh, what he did wasn't a big deal. I think you recognize that what he did was a big deal. But what they've done is they've changed their perspective on you. And they've changed it from a point of you are so used to seeing X perspective. And in that case, it is a white male, a male perspective more than a white male, but a male perspective nonetheless. And what they have done is now made it a female perspective. A necessary change given the fact that female perspectives were squashed down for that entirety of that reign that Matt Lauer had. And I, for one, didn't feel bad about his leaving whatsoever. I never really liked him. I never really got a good sense from him. And so when it happened, I thought, oh, my bad feelings and my bad juju about him were justified. Like he actually was a crappy person. And so I remember that. Uh, I think a lot of the perspectives for people came into question during the Colin Kaepernick uh, situation. When Colin Kaepernick used the national anthem before a game to silently protest something that he felt very strongly about. Um, And 
I think the history behind that is well known. It has gotten caught up in national anthem, uh, you know, stuff. People have equated the national anthem to militaristic patriotism and so forth. And it's just not a conversation that I necessarily want to get into today. But for a lot of people, the idea of a non-white person doing that to the to the flag was disgraceful. Um, and now fast forward to today, right, where last summer we had so much more awareness about incidences that took place between black, uh, black, you know, Americans and the police. And I think we were sort of forced to think about the whole thing in totality. And now this is the idea where perspectives come in. Because depending on how you have come up in this world, if you are somebody who has come up as a black person in this country, and you've experienced some of these things, right? You have experienced what it is that Colin Kaepernick was trying to highlight, or that these other stories of, of deaths, of abuse, you know, have highlighted for, for us as this country. But if you didn't grow up that way, if you grew up white, never really had an issue, issue with the police, I can understand you not really understanding why this is such a big deal. Like, hey, just don't, you know, don't com just comply and it'll be fine. When there's a lot more nuance to it than just that. There's not just a, well, just comply and it'll work out for you. Um, and that's perspectives. And some people that I know, right, I remember uh, calling and hearing, you know, we watched Black Panther and we really didn't like it. And this is why I'm not to be trusted with some of these things, because um, I just immediately blurted out, oh, was it too black? And the defiance that we received on the other end was um, comical, because the defiance showed me that, yeah, it was, but not in an overt way, right? And I've talked about that, too, where I think there are uh, perspectives and biases that people have that aren't necessarily steeping in hatred. It's just steeping in the fact that they have never really been exposed to think about another perspective besides their own. Whereas I, over time, through various different means, uh, have allowed myself that freedom. To, I've allowed myself to think about it from some other perspective than mine. And we all get caught up in that. Um, but the same people who didn't like Black Panther also admitted to not liking Hamilton and call me shocked, right? But it got me to thinking about why. Like, why are people unwilling to think about another perspective besides their own? Because if you really start to analyze it, right, like, no matter what it is, it doesn't have to be something as tragic as social justice stuff. It doesn't have to be something that's like nature, right? It can be anything. You could say to somebody, hey, my favorite muffin is the blueberry muffin. And from their perspective, it's the chocolate chip muffin. And there you go. Right. You you are unwilling to think about another stance besides your own. Um, and, and it's just not going to happen. And it, you could put that with anything. I know that I have that with my wife sometimes where I look at a shirt or look at some pants. And I'm like, man, I think I'd look really you know good in those. And she's like, no, you wouldn't. And there you go. Her perspective is that I should look a certain way. And my perspective is that I can take risks with my wardrobe sometimes. So sometimes we're a little blinded depending on what it is that we're talking about. But why is it that we are unwilling to think about another perspective? Why is it that we are, we as a human race now, are so willing to die on just about every single hill as it, when it comes to our opinion? And I think it comes down to an idea of comfort, right? We as humans are more likely to stick around something that we're comfortable with. We are scared of being taken out of our comfort zone. There's a reason why that term exists, comfort zone. Because for most people, we want to live in that bubble. It's safe, right? We feel like we're in a cocoon. We feel like nothing can really go wrong when we are doing our daily routines. 
when we are in the middle of something that is familiar, when you're in a familiar place, a familiar home, familiar bed. And when we're thrust out of that, we tend to get very defiant. We tend to overreact in a way that um, is unjustified based off of how silly some of these things are. So now if you add on emotional ties to it, if you add on political affiliations, you add on history, right? Because for black people in this country, there's a lot of history that goes against what we as humans should be striving for, which is equality and treating your neighbor the way that you'd want to be treated. And I know there's people out there who are going to say that's not true, but it is true, right? There's a lot of history for non-white folks that goes against the grain of that idea, the golden rule. Um, and if you are somebody who has a perspective of that history, you understand it, you've seen it, you've witnessed it, it's going to be very difficult to think that there's an, another way of living. It's going to be very difficult for you to believe that there's any hope that we can change as a society. If you're somebody who doesn't have that, then you're going to think the opposite. But now add on those emotional ties. Or if you're in the military, a military family, know somebody who's in the military, the idea of somebody uh, kneeling for the national anthem hits different for you than it does for me. I think of the national anthem as a something that I like. It's a representation of a country that I love, but it's not a requirement for people to do the same thing with. I don't think we need to play it before sports games. I don't see the need. I don't know why we have to be patriotic before a sports game, especially when most of the players out there aren't even from this country anymore. Um, I, you know, and so I think there's so many emotional ties for some of these big ticket items, some of these hot button issues. And now you're asking people to come out of a comfort zone that they've had for 40, 50, 60 years. And it's not easy to do. I applaud the people out there who are willing to think about something different than what they've always known. It's difficult. Like if you are somebody who's used to having the same meal for breakfast every single day, and then somebody hands you something different, it's not easy to say, yeah, let's have that, right? If you're used to that, if you're somebody who's used to your spouse cooking for you every day, and then all of a sudden you are being told, I'm not doing that anymore. It's difficult to take yourself out of the perspective of, well, you know, why not? But I think it's important. It's so imperative. But this idea of comfort, like what is that actually buying us? How much is comfort worth to most of us? And let me think about it this way, right? Our homes. Um, so many of us eventually end up wanting to settle down. We want one-stop shop for us to be, a home for us to build. And there's a lot of merit to that. There's a lot of merit to the idea of having stability. There's a lot of merit to having something that you own, something that you keep. Um, especially if you are going to have a family. For me, it's nice to know that we are going to build a home for my son. And that home doesn't have to necessarily be the same you know, house, but eventually the idea of a home, like we want to curate that. And to me, that's very, very important. And there's comfort in that. There's comfort in knowing that my son is comfortable. There's comfort, there's comfort in knowing that, hey, we're not going to have to move or that we're in an unfamiliar area. There is, there is right? There's comfort in knowing all the places that you go, being known to your grocery store, to your local you know, drugstore, whatever. Even there's comfort in the idea when you go to the same bar. Like when I was in my 20s, I would go to the same places and the bartenders knew who I was. There's comfort in that. Even though there's probably nicer places or places that you could be going that you could have a better experience at, I'm comfortable there. I know that. Um, and I think that many people get entrenched in their opinions and beliefs and there's comfort in that too. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing overall. I'm just saying that I think it's difficult for people to get out of their comfort zone because we're afraid to do it. It's, it's difficult. It's a, you know, like I think about it this way. When we are talking about the hot button items of social justice, of inequalities, 
sexual harassment, and all of those types of issues, it's uncomfortable to have empathy because we now have to think about it from the perspective of somebody else. It's not in our comfort zone. Our comfort zone is never having to experience it. Our comfort zone is not experiencing it and therefore, hey, out of sight, out of mind. That's not how we should be thinking. We should be thinking much more empathetically. And I know I mentioned that a lot, but I think it's important to continue to drive that point home because our perspectives are what help us dictate our actions. And if we're not willing to expand those horizons, if we're not willing to think about another perspective besides our own, I don't think we're going to ever be able to grow. And I talked about cancel culture and about how there's an opportunity there for us to expand those to, for us to expand those perspectives through dialogue, through education, and then through action. And I don't know if we are ever going to get there if we're not willing to sort of you know, dishevel our, our surroundings, so to speak. I think you can find comfort in a lot of different places. I think you can find comfort in the idea of having a home, of having a, a routine, of, of things like that. There's nothing wrong with having comfort there. But if there's a place where we're gonna put ourselves in discomfort, I think it should be in things that matter. Understanding others' perspectives, understanding others' life uh, situations. Like not everybody who's born in poverty is a loser. Not everybody who's rich is a snob. Um, there's gray area in so much of life. And I think we need to find a way to broaden our perspectives to be accommodating to that. Like, I think you can look at certain things. Like if, if, if you're used to the white perspective, I can understand how Black Panther might not be offensive necessarily, but you're just like, I don't get it. But I think it's incumbent upon us to kind of get it, not just dismiss it on, well, it's just not what I'm used to. Like when I hear people say rap, there's no good rap music because it's not music. Well, that's your opinion. And that's your opinion based off of perspective that has been predominantly white. And there's nothing wrong with you saying, hey, I've listened to it. It's just not my cup of tea. But to say that it's not music is sort of bordering on offensive because it's like, well, it's a music to a lot of different people whose perspectives are a little bit different than yours. There can be differing places that we live. There can be differing perspectives. Black people shouldn't have the same opinions as white people and so forth. It just, it, we're different. That's kind of how it works. There's nothing wrong with being culturally different and living different existences. What white people celebrate in terms of family, right? And how we celebrate, there's no reason that that has to be the norm across the board. Everybody should do things the way that they want to do things. But it doesn't mean that if it's not the way that you do it, that you somehow think that it's lesser, right? I don't want to hear, well, they're just, they, they, they party so loud. Well, good for them. They're happy. They're having a good time. If it's not infringing on your rights in any way, or it's not infringing on your happiness in any way, just let it be. Let people do themselves. Let people, you know, live in their comfort zone, live in their perspectives. And I think if we do that, it's it's going to take a while like it's it, it's not an overnight thing like we don't just become uncomfortable and then say oh i'm changed i'm a different person it takes a long time weight loss was like that the first start of you know when you start trying to lose weight when you start trying to eat healthy and exercise more anybody listening if you ha if you never exercise and then all of a sudden you decide to go on the go to the gym in january how's that next day feel really uncomfortable right you're you can't move you know, breathing is difficult, sneezing hurts, especially if you did ab work. And that's a level of uncomfortable that is not easy to get by because you think, I don't ever want to feel like this again. But then you do it again 
and you keep being uncomfortable. And then that discomfort turns into comfort and it turns into a good thing. It turns into the kind of discomfort that you actually enjoy. And I'm not saying that we should make discomfort commonplace or feel good. But I think the more uncomfortable we make ourselves when it comes to the important issues in this world, I think the better we are going to acclimate to those uncomfortable conversations. You should be having uncomfortable conversations with yourself. You should be having uncomfortable conversations with your you know, family, your kids, your friends. It's how we grow. It's how we learn. Is it uncomfortable for me when my black friends have told me stories about times that they have been racially profiled, not just by police, but by regular human beings? Yeah, it is. Because it makes me cringe thinking about other people that look like me completely acting differently than I do. But hearing it, processing it, and understanding why that is not a way that I should be acting and continuing to actively go out of my way to be accommodating, to pr you know, to press equality, that's important. So I became uncomfortable, but now I've become comfortable with it. It doesn't hurt me when I have to say to somebody, hey, that's a BS opinion there. Like just because it's not something that you specifically have seen in your life because you've been sitting in a white privilege area, which most you know people, when you say that they're privileged and they're white, they get really offended because that's way out of their comfort zone. That's their perspective though. And it's difficult to see another perspective when you've always lived in it. It's like my dad with the Matt Lauer thing. It's like you've always are used to hearing a male voice. You're always used to hearing that perspective. And now you're being you know, told that you have to listen to another perspective. And yes, inevitably, it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to want the old comfort back. But the more you engage it, the more you sort of simply allow it to happen. And then you actively listen, you actively engage, and then you can then take action. It becomes more comfortable. We need to do that. We need to make people in our life more uncomfortable. Even if that is something that makes you a pariah in the moment, eventually when they see that your intentions are good and you're not actively judging people, but you're trying to engage in dialogue, the people that are ready to make discomfort their new comfort zone, they'll engage you and you'll have meaningful dialogue. You'll get to a place of understanding and honestly, I think you will feel better about yourself and you'll feel better about life as a whole. And I think the more one-on-one -on -one interactions we have in that regard are going to help us tremendously because we are in a place now in life where no matter what we do, it's going to be us versus them. The last four years have certainly taught me that. And you need to be prepared for not combating it as a whole. Like going on social media and trying to argue with people on social media to me is a complete waste of time. It does nothing because what it is is people who are entrenched on both sides basically saying i'm right you're wrong and that's the only perspective that's the only perspective i care about and it actually makes me laugh when a lot of quote woke liberal people end up being so uncomfortable with like a dis a differing opinion that they end up acting very similarly to the people that they are getting on right and i think people don't realize that it doesn't really matter what side of the fence you sit on it's human nature to be uncomfortable with something out of your comfort zone. That's why they call it that. Let's try to do it on a more one-on-one -on -one basis. Make a new friend or hell, maybe better understand a current friend that you have. Listen to what they have to say. Most of the time when we talk to people, we're trying to think of the next thing that we're going to say. But instead, ask a question, sit back, listen, and process. And you know what? It's okay if they answer you 
and you don't have an immediate response, it's okay to be processing it and say, you know, wow, that's, that's really uncomfortable and I just need some time to process that. And it gives you time to truly understand it. It gives you time to take yourself away from what you are normally used to seeing and hearing and put yourself in a new place. And that's how we move forward. And I think it's really, really important. It's not gonna be overnight and you can have strong beliefs about something. You don't always have to change your opinion on something. But if you have a strong opinion about something, it's okay to understand another perspective of it. It may help you in your argument. It may help you feel even stronger about it. Like if you're somebody who feels like we should have never gone through this pandemic because germs are life, but you listen to other people who've gone through it, who have made these steps, who've had you know lost loved ones, and you feel like, okay, I still feel like for myself that I should go through life like that. But I understand that for others, it's been much more of a challenge. It's been much more of a loss. And then your, your opinion is better formed. And I try to do that. It's not easy every time. It's not always going to be pleasant when you find somebody who disagrees with you and makes you uncomfortable. But sometimes you have to take your lumps in life in order to get to a better place. So pick yourself up, think about somebody else's perspective and honestly take inventory of yours. Find out where you, where you are on certain things. What are some biases that you maybe have that are due to your perspective, where you live, the, the life that you have you know, been leading and just be aware of them doesn't mean you have to change them. I'm not asking anybody to change everything in their life or be uncomfortable all the time. But I think it's worth being uncomfortable every now and again to sort of better articulate and understand our perspectives and opinions, because I think that's the way that we're going to um, you know, come together at some point. There's always going to be people who are us versus them, and you can't do anything about that. But you can do something about better understanding your peers, better understanding your family. And even if there is a moment or two of discomfort, I think eventually if you understand who people are. It makes our interactions a lot better and we can kind of navigate the world a little bit better. So I appreciate you listening and tuning in. Um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this because there's been a lot of incidences in the news. And I'm going to talk about something for Friday's episode that I want to, you know, just get off my chest. But um, now I appreciate everybody's support. I appreciate all of you taking the time to listen. I know the content train has continued to roll. Three episodes a week is a lot. I'm asking you for about an hour of your life per week. But no matter when and where you listen, it's appreciated by me. And I hope that everybody out there is enjoying what you're, they're hearing, is staying safe. And um, you know, I'll catch you all down the road. Thank you.